Picture this. You have a man who comes into the ED due to a day of worsening pain and swelling in his right leg. He has no fever, chest pain, or shortness of breath. He was hospitalized two weeks ago for right lower extremity DVT after a minor sports injury and was discharged on warfarin. When he left the hospital, his INR was 2.2, so that was within his goal of 2 to 3. He's been taking his warfarin daily, but he's very busy at work, and his dietary intake has been variable, and he missed his clinic appointment for anticoagulation monitoring last week. So he comes into the ED with moderate pretibial edema in his right leg with an INR of 1.3, so that's below his INR goal. He has normal platelet count, creatinine, and liver function tests. And uh, venous Doppler ultrasound shows a right popliteal vein thrombus extending from the femoral vein, extending into the femoral vein, and is worse than on previous ultrasound. You may be wondering, what are we supposed to do in this situation? The correct answer is to replace warfarin with rivaroxaban. And this brings us into a discussion of treatment of acute deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary embolism. So we have two different treatments for this, one being oral factor 10A inhibitors. Uh, those work by direct inhibition of factor 10A. They onset within two to four hours, and there's no overlap needed with other medication, and there's no laboratory monitoring required. And then we have the other treatment, inc which includes warfarin. So warfarin works by being a vitamin K antagonist, um, the onset of warfarin, it's important to know, is five to seven days. So it's a lot longer than the factor 10A inhibitors. As far as overlap, you do need to overlap warfarin with unfractionated heparin or low molecular weight heparin for about five days. Um, and you do need laboratory monitoring and you need to monitor prothrombin time slash INR. So you need to monitor uh, PT-INR. So talking about the patient, he was recently diagnosed with a DVT. He has been compliant with taking his warfarin, but his schedule prevented proper anticoagulation monitoring. And so that caused his DVT to progress in the setting of a subtherapeutic INR. So the DVT got worse because the INR wasn't within the goal. Uh, the risk of pulmonary embolism is going to be higher with a proximal than a distal DVT. So proximal DVT being in the femoral vein or the iliac vein, whereas a distal DVT is below the knee. Um, and so his DVT progressed <clears throat> up until up to about the femoral uh, vein. And so this means that he needs immediate anticoagulation to prevent a pulmonary embolism. Oral direct factor 10A inhibitors include rivaroxaban and apixaban. So remember that the factor 10A inhibitors um, have an X in them. They have an XA, so that's 10A. So we have rivaroxaban and apixaban. They are as effective as warfarin in the treatment of acute DVT or pulmonary embolism, and they do not increase the risk of bleeding complications. They have the advantage of a rapid onset of action, and there's no requirement for laboratory INR monitoring. And there is no requirement for overlap therapy with heparin. So 
actually these agents are becoming the preferred method for treating DVT and PE. Um, and these drugs are especially a good option in patients who have difficulty with the dietary restrictions or frequent INR monitoring required with warfarin. So the direct factor 10A inhibitors like rivaroxaban and apixaban are becoming the uh, preferred treatment for DVT and PE. So to wrap this up, the educational objective was that oral direct factor 10A inhibitors such as rivaroxaban and apixaban have similar efficacy to warfarin in the treatment of acute venous thromboembolism and they do not increase the risk of bleeding complications. These drugs do not require lab monitoring or overlap therapy with heparin and are quickly becoming preferred agents for the treatment of acute venous thromboembolism. There we go.